0: poked bear episode 166 that's connor ryan i'm evan maronofsky connor
1: what is up evan i'm doing well how you doing
0: doing great doing great we're always presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. all the best odds everything you could need makes makes watching games very fun i must admit makes watching games very very fun but um let's talk about in the bruins world so actually before we start they did they had their uh they sent their first group to Providence, uh, which is no surprise. Not really. I mean, none of the, there were no surprises in it. Um, guys that you tweeted it out, uh, guys that are going to go down to Providence and go to Providence Bruins training camp. And this is when we start to see the the field dwindle a bit. The practice groups start go down to one and we start to get to get, we start to get a little bit better of a sense of what the team's going to be. I mean, th- you didn't really have any surprises in that grouping, did you?
1: No, uh, like a guy like Luke Tabrowski, I think, had a really promising uh, first season down in Providence. But I think Mark Dever kind of said it best. Really promising guy, but not quite ready uh, for, you know, a extended shot during training camp. So, for, you know, that's a guy, a few other players like that. But that, um, you're expecting to maybe take a nice step forward down in Providence, but there's no need to rush them. They're not a Lysel who's been there for years. They're not like a guy like Lori or Quattro, maybe of a higher ceiling. Uh, Right into it. So, yeah, not any shocking surprises, not like Patra or Laura, any of those guys get sent down quite yet. This is kind of what we expect from the first uh, set of cuts.
0: It's like America's Got Talent. They go from like, you know, 80 people to 40 and those 40 be like "Eh, I'm not really surprised by any of them. And then just keeps dwindling down. Uh, except they're not going down to one, thankfully. Um, I want to give a shout-out to a, a listener of ours, Connor. I meant to bring this up uh, before this, but I was getting my skate sharpened at Warrior Ice Arena, which is you know mm-hmm. down the street from me, so it's an easy place to go get the skate sharpened. And uh, one of the people who who was working the desk, a Colin Burns, uh, said he was a big fan of us and listens to our our, our content, and uh, he enjoys our, our Bruins talk. And I said, oh, I feel so bad for you, Colin. How spending it with us. So that's, that's, I don't know, maybe there might be better uses of your time, but um very appreciative of Colin and all the people out there who listen, you guys make Shout it possible. Yes. Shout out Colin. Hell of a skate sharpener, by the way. I mean, the skates were sharp. I got it. Like they, I felt my edges great. I was tearing it up in men's league. So uh, that's all that matters. But yeah. Um, great guy. We were talking for a while brewing stuff, opinions, all that fun stuff. Um, definitely I'll be going back to get my skate sharpened by him. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you to everyone. We always say it, but we we really do mean it. Uh thank you to all the very loyal listeners who listened to both Poke the Bear and Bruins Beat. Uh, anyways, Bruins Sabres was earlier this week and uh tough loss for the Bruins. They got the goal at the end by Steen. lucic did get a punch in, uh, which I was waiting for that to happen, but it was right at the end, just on cue, you know. Um But one of the real, I think the biggest thing that people took away from it was it was Mason Lowry's first real game uh, in the preseason. It was his first game in the preseason and uh, obviously has not played in the preseason before. Um, Played 29 minutes. (laughs) Next closest was what? Like Ian Mitchell at, was it 23?
1: I believe so. I think that's right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Something just over 20, I believe.
0: Lorai never left the ice. I mean, he was out there for literally half the game and it felt like he was out there for the entirety of the game and it looked really good. looked solid. Uh, there were some little minor things, you know, a, maybe a bad breakout pass here or there, or, you know, the pace seeming a little too fast, but for the most part, looked pretty damn good. what do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Montgomery kind of said it best where he got better as the game went on, which is what you're, you're hoping for for any young player trying to, um, you know, learn the system and kind of get caught up to the NHL game. Montgomery did note also want to uh, extend condolences to Jim Montgomery and his family for yes,
0: uh, absolutely. The,
1: the passing of his mother, uh, Dorothy. Um, so he'll be back on Sunday, I believe. But um, when you last spoke to the media, you mentioned that. I think like the, the time was a little bit off. I think they think he was more 25, 26, which is still pretty significant for a young guy like that uh, getting thrown into the fire. Um, and it kind of goes off of what we still said with um Matthew Patra, where again, are these guys ready to make that jump up? Probably not. Like it's still probably slim odds that they're going to crack the NHL roster out of camp, but at least the Bruins are kind of giving them the the full experience, right? They're gonna they're throwing them into the fire and seeing if uh, they can hold their own. Like it's not like it's like Patras starting on the fourth line with other guys that are probably destined for Providence, or it's not like Lorice on the third D pair with another maybe AHL level guy. Um, you know, these are guys that they identify as being high ceiling guys that they hope can continue to develop and be part of the, this kind of post Bergeron uh, core, this, this new identity they're trying to build out there. So good on them for kind of giving these guys an extended look here. And again, it, it'd be one thing I don't think any of us are setting super high expectations for Lori this year in terms of like, were you expecting him to average 27 minutes, have three assists in his first game? Like, um, Again, you can notice some of the things where, you know, uh, decision making with that you know limited time and space that's afforded to guys, especially defensemen, the NHL level, the skating, a few of those things. Nothing out of the ordinary in terms of what some of these younger defensemen usually have to develop as they kind of uh, advance through the system there. But yeah, I, I think it was encouraging just to, to see the Bruins give him an extended look like that. Like it was that a game that's going to necessarily put him in the positioning where all of a sudden he's fighting for the third deep pairing spot next to like forward or what have you look probably not, but he more than held his own under pretty heavy minutes out there. So I think that's at the very least, very encouraging for a guy that again, is he ready right now? Probably not, but I don't know, check back in November, December, see how he's doing down in Providence. Cause you clearly think highly of him. They're going to give him that many minutes out of the gate. And the Sabres
0: uh, had a lot of their uh, big league guys in yeah. there. You know, Tage Thompson and uh, Jeff Skinner, which who uh, Mason Lowry dangled the Jeff Skinner thing. My goodness. Um, but that's the thing. And I think you, you nailed it. There is like, uh doesn't have to be now, but I think the more, the better he is in the preseason, if he continues to kind of go on this ascent, he might not, he probably won't make the roster out of camp, but he might continue that ascent into Providence So that in November or December, they say, you know what, let's get him up here now. Let's, let's see what he's got right now. And I think, you know, for a guy like Lorai, that's a really good thing. Uh, And it's good to see him adjusting well to the pace, which I think was sort of a a big thing going from college to the pros. You know, can he at six foot four, he's a good skater, but he's a bigger guy. Like it's a, it's a tough, it's tough to adjust to that. Um, And again, I think he, he solid had an assist. I thought he was good on the power play. Like I think that was all there. Um, so again, you know, I understand fans saying, hey, you should make the, the roster out of camp. The thing with Lowry is like, they don't need him to make the roster out of camp. So I don't see the rush. Uh, you have six NHL defensemen. We'll get to the seventh defenseman spot later, but why would you want him up as the seventh D being scratched yeah. or like playing, you know, not many minutes a night when you could be in Providence being the number one or two guy playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night. I don't know if you're doing 30 down there every night, but you know, somewhere in the 22 to 27 minute range every night in Providence in the pro game, I think it's a much better option for him. So the more reps, the better. Um, Johnny Beecher continued to look pretty good. Um, Almost had a goal in front of the net. Again, I know the chance finishing has been a real issue of his, but again, he's fast. He seems to be in the right place. in a lot of these plays, Uh, what have you thought of Beecher so far?
1: Yeah, I I think, again, it's kind of similar to his first game. Obviously, he scores that goal um, against the Rangers on Sunday, but uh, you still saw some of the same things in terms of the details, what he needs to do to carve out a spot on that fourth line. Playing with pace, you know, making things happen with that speed, winning pucks along the board, separating uh, players from the puck. Again, I think that's what he needs to do to um, solidify his spot on that fourth line. And, again, we'll see how maybe a guy like Patrick Brown uh, fights for a spot there uh, as this tramp kind of progresses, because I still think he's probably the other most likely candidate for that fourth line center spot. Like Boquist is a guy that maybe is in the mix, but he's not very good at center. So I think you're kind of sticking him more on the wing. Um, so right now, like Beecher probably has the inside edge. It's just he has to keep on building it because, again, when you look at the Bruins and what they're looking for and a guy like Patrick Brown, who's, again, maybe limited offensively, but very good on face-offs, really physical player, a veteran, he probably has the inside edge like he can't just be on Beecher, keep on moving his feet and, and just hoping that, you know, the, the skill uh, sticks out. He needs to kind of play that physical uh, fourth line role uh, to a tee to get this spot. And so far he's, he's done it. He's keeping it simple, playing to his strengths, and he's letting things happen out there on the ice as opposed to trying to do too much for what the role entails as uh, a fourth line center.
0: You mentioned Boquist. It's interesting because I actually thought he had a pretty good game on, against the Sabres. And, and you know, he, he was on the left wing. He's probably going to be on the wing, um, you know, if he makes, you know, up with the Bruins. Do you, is that sort of an in- instance? And like, as you were talking about us I was thinking about it, you know, Lute, like we all love that Lucic is back. He's great, you know, awesome with the media, this and that. But like, is that an instance where a Lucic or someone like that kind of gets in the way of Boquist potentially playing more minutes? um because I mean Boca was have vastly different games but Boca seems a little more with the current NHL uh if that makes sense
1: yeah I mean I think it's kind of the same way you view like Patrick Brown and and Beecher that you know Curry Brown or in this case Lucic has the inside edge but I don't think it's set in stone as much as again uh Lucic is a fan favorite you ideally have him penciled in there but if his game has declined or he's not being effective in what his fourth line role is now. And I think he's accepted like a check in line role. I don't think it's like he all of a sudden expecting him to be a top six guy. I don't think anyone's expecting that, even him. His game tails off or he's not effective or he's letting uh, other teams really cave in at fourth line, especially on offense. Um, then the change is going to be there. Again, it all comes down to the internal depth that the Bruins clearly have prioritized this offseason with the amount of guys they signed. Um, so, again, we should praise the inside edge, but Roquist seemed like they're going to give him a look kind of wherever maybe he's on the fourth line at right wing maybe he's further up in the lineup on the third line i think he has more to give offensively so we'll see but i agree he he was really moving his feet making things happen um in the game against buffalo which really wasn't the case for too many other forwards as that game kind of went on snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sportsbook right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel is that you can bet on anything. You wanna bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is gonna throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are gonna have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly so visit slash boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss Fanduel, official partner of the NFL 21 plus in present in mass first online real money wager only 10 dollar deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 7 days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at slash sportsbook gambling problem Hope is here go to gamblinghelpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24 7 support play it smart from the start go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM1234
0: no it wasn't and you wrote about this for boston.com a lot of passengers up front and i think you know again you know we talked going into this uh, training camp of all the guys in the bottom six that are fighting for spots And they brought in, I mean, even look at Danton Heinen and Alex Chase on PTOs, both of them in the lineup against Buffalo. Neither really did a heck of a lot. And again, it's one game. They will have more preseason games. But for guys like that who are really the margin is razor thin, you can't have some of those no-shows like they did uh, against Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of said it with. Um, these guys who are PTO contracts, they just really don't have uh, a lot of leeway, a lot of breathing room to really kind of carve out a spot when um, they really have to showcase their talents. And again, pretty quiet game for both of them. Again, Montgomery has kind of said that, you know, it doesn't all just hinge on one preseason game. You look at practices, how they play there. And I think especially chason has been pretty impactful in practices, um, being really physical, making things happen on most of his shifts. Um, But yeah, again, you can have – be a good practice player. You can do all those things, maybe have a game where you score a goal in the preseason, but when you're a PTO guy and you have to leap for other guys in the lineup, just to get a contract, you really have to kind of put your best foot forward. And right now you look at just the amount of guys they have out there. um, Both him, Jason and Hyman really need to kind of take that another step forward. They want to realistically be considered for that third, third or fourth line role. Cause I mean, you look at it, whether it's uh, you know, a guy like Lalko Boquist, all these different players, um, they, they need to show a little bit more, along with the guy like I think Merkulov was a guy who had a pretty high stock going into it. Again, he had a few stronger shifts later on, even Heinen did, as I think the the pressure ramped up. You're trying to get back into the game, the game. but for a guy like Merkulov, who advertised as a really talented offensive guy, I think probably far too many lulls in that game, uh, especially early on.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, And I was not super impressed with Mark game, uh, against the Sabres. Looking for a little more again, we'll sort of see it hopefully more on uh, Friday night when their next preseason game is. But yeah, I agree. I mean, we've said it before. You could make four lines out of the guys that are fighting for those bottom six spots. And it's again, it's razor thin for those guys. And you could make the argument that a guy like Danton Heinen's game is not one to jump off. To the eye, you know, it's not one that's going to stand out a ton. Maybe you don't need that. But in a camp where there's so much competition, you do need to stand out. And, you know, reputation is one thing, but what you're doing in the current moment is another. So um, I think I'm going to print a T-shirt with that uh, statement. I've never, that was a, right it's off deep. the cuff. That's deep. Good job. That, that's going to get people in there. People are just crashing their cars because they're just so in their feels right now. Hopefully you're not crashing. Mm-hmm. Um, Please don't. Yeah. Well, I want to hit this next. The uh, roster battles. What roster battles uh, do you see as still up in the air? Because some things are solidifying. It feels like, you know, you got Lucic probably on the left side to start on that fourth line and Beecher, or excuse me, uh, Frederick and Geeky on the third line. And what do you see in his roster battles right now?
1: Yeah, I think kind of one of those uh, vacant vacant spots at, uh, at wing on the third line is still really up for grabs. I think right now, Again, what can change over the next week, week and a half, but probably you're looking at Geeky at 3C, Frederick probably next to him. That seems like the – the again, if you're looking at how Montgomery has kind of paired things out, where it's a lot of uh, pairings like Pasta and Zaka, uh, you know, Marshand and and Coil. like, I think Geeky and Frederick's a, a group they want to keep together there in that third line. Who's the other guy that complements them? Remains to be seen, right? Uh, again, you can look at a guy like Boquist, you can look at a guy like Heinen, it kinda of depends on whether they want maybe a guy that offers a little bit more offense to try to uh cause again, I don't know if Frederick and Gigi are necessarily guys that drive lines. They hope that Frederick has more to give. They hope that Gigi can uh produce more with more minutes, but uh it's still kind of not set in stone there. So whether it's maybe a guy like Heinen who adds more defensive capabilities, they think Boquist can offer more. Again, maybe Markilov rebounds and can put together a better performance and they want to try him in that spot, I really think it's still completely up for grabs as to who kind of slots in there on that uh, other spot on the third line.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I just, you know, it's a tough call because there are a lot, and no one one has stood out enough, I think, to really warrant those minutes. Um, And again, it's been two preseason games, but I still think uh, you'd hope to maybe have a little more clarity on that at this point. Maybe we will get some more uh, after friday but yeah that that's one roster battle i'll I'll say seventh defenseman i think seventh defenseman is fascinating um you know you look at as i said they have six nhl defensemen you've got Grizzlick, mcavoy lindholm uh, carlo and you have forbert and shattenkirk after that a whole lot of question marks uh in terms of that seventh defenseman but i will say ian mitchell has looked pretty good through uh through two training camp games uh moves the puck well Solid enough in his own zone. Like, I think there's a legitimate case he has to pass Jakob Zaboral um, to be that seventh defenseman. Uh seems like he could be a little more reliable uh, than Zaboral. Um, so that like Mitchell versus Zaboral feels like sort of the the battle there. As I said earlier, I don't see Lowrai as a candidate for the seventh defenseman spot. I think that's sort of wasting his A potential and B, just him. You know, you can say, Oh yeah, you know, Mason, play into the the six, but can't really do that when you're not playing much or healthy scratch, just a seventh defenseman. So, uh, to me, it comes down to Zboril and Mitchell. Is there any? I mean, like, I haven't been super impressed with Regula quite yet uh, on D, and I, I, you know, I, I can't think of anybody else that I think would really. I mean, maybe like a like a Mike Callahan potentially. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Callahan, I think has had a pretty good – he was, I think, really good in that that game on uh, Friday. I think Riley uh, – on Sunday, rather. Um, I think Riley Walsh had a pretty good game, too, as well. Those guys that I think could be in the mix. Um, yeah, Callahan kind of, I think, is one of those guys that probably goes down to Providence and is really kind of your go-to shutdown guy and is building a case to be one of the next men up. But uh, that's kind of how I view it. But, yeah, I think Ian Mitchell's, Ian Mitchell's a really interesting guy. Um, again, never really got a – uh never really found traction with the blackhawks but um obviously a former uh player for montgomery university of denver um as you said really impactful in the games i think against uh Buffalo, he we had nine shot attempts it was all over the ice in a good way there's times where it can be all over the ice and it he's replacing Connor up. clifton <laughs> yes exactly so maybe not as uh doesn't have as much heft maybe not as uh, hard hitting a guy like clifton but a guy that seems to playing to what Montgomery wants, especially on the blue line of, of knowing when to jump up into the play, be active, push pace, um, doing all those things that kind of fit in with their game plan. So I don't know if he's all of a sudden fighting for the third pairing spot with Chattenkirk, but, again, if you look at just that seventh defenseman, guy that can slot into the lineup, he kind of reminds you a little bit of, like, the Steven Kampfer, like, puck-moving guy that can fill in when needed and do his job in that role.
0: Reliable. Reliable, which I think what they really want uh, out of that out of that uh, seventh defenseman spot. Um, You brought up an interesting point to me before the show to talk about. And I, and I, it's one thing, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot about the bottom six in the last, you know, today, earlier this week, last week, the week before, we're talking about the bottom six a lot, but we haven't really talked about the top six much ever since uh, Montgomery did that interview with Steve Conroy, the Herald, where he basically mapped out. All right. You know, we're going with Marshan and Coyle, DeBrusque, uh, uh, James Van Reemsdijk. Zaka and Posternak. But is it worth it to potentially say, you know what, let's have a, a super line with Marcia and Zaka, Posternak, and, you know, Debrusque, Coil, and Van Riems or Van Riemsdyk, Coil, Debrusque? Um, is it worth it to start that, to start with that?
1: I, I tend to err, I think, more on the, the side of caution, where I think you fall into this thing that kind of plagued your teams in years past of just being too top-heavy. I think right now you look at Zaka with Pasternak by themselves; they're already in a pretty good spot, and they're going to drive play anyway together. And I think you look at where you were just a few years ago, where if other teams could shut down your your you know overloaded top line, they're doing pretty well. And now when you don't have guys like Bergeron or Krejci or someone else there that can drive play lesser guys you're making the job that much easier so I think you saw last year the benefits of putting you know a proven playmaker like Martian on a separate line with arguably the best goal scorer in the game and, and David Pasternak it just makes it that much tougher for um, other teams to match up against you and again I think if the concession is oh man you have to put only you know in Reamsdyke with Saka and Pasternak I think they're going to be just fine again I think more for Jvi, it's going to be play style, how he fits with those guys. But in terms of everything, Zaka and Pasternak together, I think they're going to be just fine. Not to say that Zaka is going to break loose for 70 points, but I think when you just, uh, you saw last year, even when Zaka would slot in for Krejci when he was hurt. Uh, anyone who I think skates David Pasternak is going to do pretty well next year. And I don't think really he- you need to <laughs> overload it with Marchand.
0: I agree. I also think balance is good. That's A. Because you also you know marching with coil, which will help his production, um, and also if you're down a goal with 10 minutes left in the game, you can turn to you can switch yeah. up your lines. They're not set in stone for a whole game, so I would rather them go with the balanced approach that they're going with. Uh, I know you and I were both kind of on the the team, you know, try things out on the in the top six, throw Frederick in there, see what happens. Um, but now that they're not doing that, keep it balanced. Don't don't overdo it with a top line, and you can. Use that trio late in games when you're down a goal or you need, you know, more than two. Um, They might not be down a goal a lot to the Tampa Bay Lightning, though. Might not be down a goal a lot to them. Uh, Big news out of Tampa uh, on Thursday. uh, Andre Vasilevsky had a micro disectomy. Oh, I can't read. Micro
1: processes. <laughs>
0: Micro processes. On a lumber back herniation uh this morning, he's expected to miss the first 2 months of the regular season. Uh that's pretty sizable. Now, you could argue first of all, I don't know how 2 months for that kind of thing and on your back. I don't know if that's just going to be like I'm back 8-10 weeks later. I'm good to go. It's a back thing. I think the po- you know, the pro, not the pro, but like I guess the the um what's the word? The good in all of this bad for Tampa is it's more rest for Vasilevsky. But again, like, is that back going to be normal when he's back? I don't know, but I I don't think it's good either way. Not a hot take, I don't think it's good.
1: Yeah, no, and again, it comes down to when you look at these other teams that are fighting for the spots in the Atlantic, uh, people obviously focusing on the Bruins and taking a step back, which was inevitable. You're not going to be the same team you were last year. (laughs) I think we both agree they're still going to be a playoff team, but, Tampa's one of those uh, teams, too, that you wonder how much they have. You know, you look at their top-end talent, it's evident. They can still have enough high-end skills to kind of uh, outscore teams what have you, but when you look at just the amount of depth they've lost, even guys like, you know, Ross Colton, uh, you know, Alex Killorn, um, all these other kind of key pieces they had, you lose them. Now with Vasilevsky being kind of the main game-breaker. Again, we've said before, Vasilevsky, when he's on his game, can win you series by himself it doesn't even matter if Kucherov or Stamkos or any of these guys are hurt as well um you have that factoring into it but yeah as you said it's one the most important position out there you have him missing for two months and again I don't know how many back surgeries especially where it's only a two-month recovery time of how it is it's it's one of those ones you see that and it's like kind of the same with like an Achilles injury you see it and you're like that's not great you don't want a back injury or anything like back hip Aaron Rodgers
0: saying he'll be back for the playoffs, you know, like yes, exactly. oh, your dreams. I don't know about yeah,
1: that. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes into, you look at the Bruins and where they are. Um, and a lot of said about them plummeting down the standings, but Tampa's another team you have to be cognizant of. And again, it's as much as I think we can paint out that Toronto is going to be probably up near the top, Florida, barring some severe regression should be in the mix as well as being a teams uh, that are going to be near the top of the Atlantic. You look at, Tampa, you look at like what Ottawa is going to be, you look at what Detroit's going to be, all these other teams, Buffalo, the team that's going to be in the up and up, but we'll see because they've got a lot of younger players at key spots there. Barring like Toronto, like are there any other teams that like you can project, you know, project where exactly they are going to land? I think we can assume that Bruins, Florida are going to be in the mix. Tampa is still going to be in the mix. They're still too talented. But um, again, how it all kind of maps out, I think it's kind of anyone's guess right now.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I, you know, I still have the Bruins at three. I don't know if the I think I had Tampa initially at two. This doesn't help uh their case at all to be two. Um, you know, again, like, does a team like Buffalo catapult into the top three? Do to, you know, do the Florida Panthers get into the top three? I know that you know they have their own um they have their own injuries and uh, different things like that and they've they lost pieces over the off season. Um thankfully the Bruins won't have to deal with Radko Gudis trying to take their head off every every play. Um but again, it's it's sort of like like hockey east. Hockey east has, you know, a solidified top team, Boston University, and the bottom teams are pretty evident, but in between it's a lot of who the hell knows. And it feels like, you know, the Atlantic is a similar thing. But I, again, I I I saw you quote tweet something, I I think it might have been ESPN, who uh, tweeted out their their rankings, it might have been ESPN, Um, they both had the Bruins in like second and third, people were like, what, how are they in second and third, and you're like, no, it's, like I don't know why people are so, think it's going to be such a steep drop off, Um, so again, I don't know what's going to happen, but I still um, my my Bruins at three in the Atlantic is not changing. Do you have them at two or three, or have you even made up your mind on that yet? I have not made up my mind yet.
1: Check back at me when we do our bull predictions. But I think I'm I'm leaning more towards them being in that spot as opposed to wild card last week of the season, fretting over where they're going to land in the th- in the standings or anything like that. So that's at least early on the uh, initial impression.
0: Hoping that. Uh that remember that happened with Ottawa in 2016 Rask had the uh, had a stomach bug or something you gotta you guys gotta eat like clean if it's the last week of the season no uh no eating out nothing none of that um if that's the case but yeah not great news out of Tampa uh for the lightning but uh anyways Connor what can people look forward to from you over at boston.com and the Boston Globe
1: yeah, we're gonna have you covered uh, throughout these uh, <laughs> next few weeks of training camp and preseason. We're obviously uh, this is dropping on Friday. We'll have takeaways, insight from uh, Friday's game against the Flyers, where we'll actually see Brad Marchand, uh, David Posternock, Patra will get another game. You got a lot of the the defense playing Lindholm, McAvoy, Shattenkirk. So uh, good to see a few guys we haven't seen quite yet out there on the ice. I assume that Brad Marchand, David Posternock will be pretty good. I don't know. That's a bold take. But uh, throughout these next few weeks, uh, we'll have you covered throughout with lineup uh, battles, roster battles, all that good stuff. So please read all of our stuff over at Boston.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three.
0: Go do all that. We're presented by FanDuel. This has been Poke the Bear. You Poke the Bear listeners, have a great rest
1: of your week.